Father, we want to thank you for the love that you have for your church, for the love that you have for the worlds, for your love poured out in Jesus Christ. I pray the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. It's an interesting question, isn't it? What would you leave to follow? Put it in the context of Christ and faith. What would you leave to follow Jesus? Maybe a better question is, what wouldn't you leave to follow Jesus? It's worthwhile to struggle with a little bit. When Jesus was gathering his disciples, he invited them to to come and follow me, he said. Come, hey, follow me. Follow me. And the disciples literally got up and they followed him. It was a physical action that they left what they were doing and they went, huh, all right, let's go. And they followed Jesus. There's a story in Luke chapter 9. And Jesus and the boys, they're walking along and they, and they come across some guys. And these guys, they want to follow Jesus too. And they have this desire to follow Christ. And they say, Jesus, I, I want to follow you, but first let me. And they had to go and they had to do something. Each one of them had to do something. They had to take care of a, a, a father who had passed away. They had to say goodbye to their family and friends. And, and Jesus kind of sees into their heart a little bit. And, and he addresses the heart. But they say, Jesus, all right, I'm willing to follow you, but first I have to take care of something that needs my attention. I'm going to say that we all have that posture within our hearts at some point or or another. Because Jesus invites us on a daily basis to follow him. Hey, when when your feet hit the floor in the morning, Jesus says, come follow me. Come follow me. There's this invitation that he gives to all of us disciples. And many times we, we answer, okay, Jesus, I, I want to follow you today, but you got to give me a minute. You got to give me some time. Let me first take care of this, that, or the, or the other thing. And, and it's those things in our lives that, that we busy ourselves with over and again. This becomes that, that becomes this. And we find ourselves just churning. Okay, Jesus, I want to follow you. But I have to take care of of these things first. Life is busy. We don't live in first century Palestine anymore. I've got to take care of some things. I've got to go to work. I've got to make money. I've got to pay the bills. I've got to clean the house. I have have chores to do, projects to do. The kids have to go here here and there. And and I need to spend time with my family. And I need need a little downtime. I mean, fear of the walking dead is on now on Sundays. don't, Don't ask me to give that up. How will I prepare myself when the zombie apocalypse happens? And those things, they're not, they're not necessarily bad. I mean, we all have to work. We, have to, we want to spend time with our families. That's important. And, and our children have, we love our children. And, well, fear of the walking dead, self-explanatory. And, and those things aren't necessarily bad. But when we put them before Jesus... And we put them before our following Christ. Jesus, okay, I, I'll, I'll follow you tomorrow. Today, I'm really busy. And I got things to do. And so following never really happens. 
or at best we follow in the way we kind of define following and not the way Jesus calls us. Now remember this invitation to us in, in our in our kind of, okay, give me a minute. It's really a posture of our heart. It's kind of what's inside of us. And Jesus is going to speak into that heart matter. He's going to speak into it that there is a cost to following Jesus. Now, yes, it will cost us things like our, our anxiety and our brokenness and our worry. But, there, but there's, another, there's another cost to it. And Jesus wants to speak into that. And it's, it's, a, it's an unpopular thing. It's, it's, it's not something that we like to dwell upon, but there's no way around it. And the question really comes to, as we start to wrestle with this ourselves, are we willing to incur the cost of following Jesus? Look at what Jesus says in, in Luke chapter 9. Then he said to them all, and this is Jesus' words, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. This is the cost of being a disciple of Jesus, a follower. Now, before he speaks these words to his disciples, he kind of tells them, listen, guys, um, the religious leaders, they're going to kill me. I'm going to die, and in three days I will rise from the dead, but, yeah, I- I'm, going, I'm going to be killed. And then he, then he launches into this, and he begins to talk to them about their costs. He's going to incur a cost for our salvation, and there's going to be one for us. And there's no real way around that. Those who will follow Jesus, there are going to be challenges in our life. There's going to be pushback. There's going to be opposition. The world is going to stand in opposition to you if you are a follower of Jesus. Now, the whole suffering for Christ, it's not like he's some some type of... uh, masochist or he's not doing it for effect like oh this is going to make a really good story if i get beat up a couple times the suffering is because he is committed to the plans and the purposes of god that's why he will suffer and when that becomes the posture of our hearts that we would be committed to the plans and the purposes of jesus there will be a cost that we incur because the world is going to resist you The world is going to push back. The world is going to laugh. The world is going to devalue you. Because why? This world, this world, the the one who is in charge of this world is the evil one. And so why wouldn't you expect pushback? It's not because of who you are. It's because of Christ in you that you will get this pushback. God's redemptive plan is continually working its way out, is working itself out. And Jesus happened to be a very major player in that plan. He was Messiah, Son of God, God incarnate. And he is experiencing the hostility and the suffering that he will experience because he is part of God's redemptive plan. And for us, as we follow in the footsteps of Jesus, can we really expect anything else? That the world will come up against us. 
Jesus tells his followers that your life is going to be a life of, of cross-bearing and denying. Woohoo! It's not the glamorous selling points of the gospel. It's not, it's not what puts people in the seat. Crosses and denying. But it's part of the gospel. And it, and it goes, it goes countercultural to what the world teaches. The world teaches not, the world doesn't say deny yourself. The world tells you get as much as you possibly can, get life to be as easy as possible. And so what Jesus is offering us is something that just stands in stark contrast to what the world wants to kind of pull us into. And the reason behind it, this idea of uh, cross-bearing and denying, is because that's how the gospel is spread. It's how the gospel goes out. It's how it, how it pushes against the darkness, how it pushes against the, the world's coercion of trying to get us to follow something other than God. There are systems in this world, and we've talked about it before in the past. There are systems in this world that are powerful. And in part, it's because they, they invite us or they foster us to make our life about me. Make life about I. It's about my comfort. It's about my happiness. It's about how the world owes something to me. It's about me earning more. It's about me getting more. It's about bigger and it's about better. And, and I can't believe what I'm about to say right here. And, and I don't know what's wrong with me. And if it's temporary insanity, please forgive me. But does the world really need the iPhone 6S? I know, I, I know, I'm sick. I need to sit for a moment. I feel lightheaded. <laughs> but the systems of this world, the ideologies of this world are me-centered and not Christ-centered. And the invitation that Jesus gives, this is really an invitation. It's the cost for all disciples, for every single one of us. This idea of denying and, and, and picking up our cross. And it's a continual process. It's an, it's an everyday thing. Because just because we've responded to God's call today, we cannot take for granted that tomorrow is going to be just as easy. And we're going to be full of vigor and, and sacredness. And we're just going to be on it every single day. These systems and these forces in this world are constantly pulling and pushing against us. And yes, the truth of our human nature is we will ebb and flow. And thank God for grace. Thank God for forgiveness. But there needs to be a continual awareness in the follower of Jesus Christ that it matters how we live our lives every day. It matters how we follow Jesus. Are we following him in the way he has called us? Are we choosing to follow him the way we want to? The way it's comfortable for us in the time that we have to spare which I would say is not really following him at all. Now, I have, to, I have to talk a little bit about this idea of deny themselves. Because many times when we talk about this, this text, this, these passages in the scripture, deny becomes right away something superficial and or materialistic. Right? You know, do you really need that? Do you really need to spend money on that? Do you really need those things? Save your money, give to the poor, so, so it has this very materialistic mindset many times about it. And yes, that is part of it. But, though, but the materialistic side of it is the consequence of what Jesus is speaking to. It's the consequence of something that's much deeper. Now, for the people who heard Jesus say these words, they would have understood them to mean something 
something much more encompassing for their life. To deny yourself was to, was to really put aside who you are or, or who you were. To set aside almost the relationships that you have now. To deny, who, to deny what your identity is this very moment. And so it goes beyond just things. It goes beyond just stuff. And when we deny our identity of who we are now before Jesus, it allows us, it opens us for God to start creating a new identity in us, to define us in a different way, to call us into something new, a life that's anchored and centered on the things of God. And so again, as we ask these questions about ourselves, uh, one to, do we really know who we are? Do I know who I am? I mean, deep down inside, have I wrestled with who I am? I mean, it, sounds like, it might be a, sound like a foolish question. But have you worked on identifying your, your humanly obtained identity? We'll call it the uh, HOI, humanly obtained identity. Do you know those things in your life that you need to stroke your ego so you can feel good about yourself? Do you know the things in your life that, 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 that cause the insecurities that you wrestle with? Do you even know what your insecurities are? See, that's what I mean about knowing yourself, knowing who you are. We all have an identity. We have one that's been created by the experiences that we've lived in this life. We are all the sum of our yesterdays. We are who we are because of what we've experienced. That's the truth for everyone that walks this earth. And our yesterdays have experienced the ups and the downs of a broken world. Our yesterdays have experienced the ups and downs of broken relationships and other broken people. And we ourselves are broken. Do we know who we really are? I would, I would press in to say that until you have done the work of identifying this old self of you, it's going to be difficult to deny it. In order to deny yourself, you have to know yourself and then know who you are becoming because of Christ. Verse 24. It says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will save it. It's an interesting verse. Jesus is pressing deeper into this idea of identity and, and life and, and living. He's pressing deeper into the fact that this world will shape us. It, 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 it just, it's just the way it is. It's the brokenness of who we are. It's the brokenness of the world. And losing your life isn't necessarily about physical death, though it, it can happen for following Jesus. It's not necessarily about physical death, but it's more about Jesus. <laughs> Will you lose that part of your life that keeps you from me? Will you lose those things in life that, that separate us are you willing to give those things up? See, if you hold on to those things, you're going to lose your life anyway. But if you're willing to just release those things, those things that keep you from me, I will give you life. Stop running after the things that the world defines, going after what the world holds as valuable. The world teaches a certain way. The world teaches um, ideas and ideologies, and they can't bring us life. In fact, they would keep us from life. And what Jesus is telling us, if you try to hold on to those things, they're not going to bring you life. But if you give up those things, 
if you give up that, that old way of life, that worldly way of life, and you come and you follow me, I will give you real life, abundant life. Are you willing to begin a new rhythm of giving up the way things used to be and following Jesus today? Are you willing to give up those ideas and conceptions of the world that the world has defined to begin to let go of all those things, those things that the world holds dear, which lends themselves into shaping us into worldly people and Jesus' invitation? Will you lose those things to receive life? What good is it if you gain everything? But you forfeit your very soul. And the whole idea of soul is not just about you going to hell, but it's about today. It's about every day. See, as, this, as we allow the world to take root in our life, in our heart, and in our soul, it pulls us farther and farther from the things of God. But Jesus, he offers us a new way, a living way, a new rhythm, a new harmony. Whoever wants to be my disciple, this sounds really bad. Crosses, denying, losing my life. But it's the invitation to life. Are we willing to give up all of that old stuff and walk into something new? That's the question. And see, this is a, a continual process for us. No one, no one has arrived at this. In fact, arrival is not possible until we lower you into the grounds. And so it's an everyday thing. And that's the beauty of it. Because every day when we, we walk another little step, I believe all of heaven rejoices. And then when we fall flat on our face, Jesus giggles. And he picks us up and he dusts us off. And he's still rejoicing. But are we willing to take those steps? Are we willing to lose that old way of life? This morning, we get the honor to baptize two people. Baptism is a public declaration of, I choose to follow Jesus. I choose that I want to begin to walk away from this life, the, what the world has to offer, and I want to follow Jesus. It's not about perfection. It's not about having all the right answers, knowing to ask all the right questions. But yet it's something that's sacred and holy that's been taking place in the church for thousands of years. This public display of what's going on in somebody's heart. And this morning we have the youngest person to ever be baptized at Oasis. And I wish I could say the oldest, but no. But we're going to hear a little bit of their story. We're going to hear about their desire to what? To follow Jesus. We're going to hear their, their, the beginning of this, this public display of, of journeying with him, of cross-bearing and denying and losing life and gaining life and and, and not being ashamed of the Son of God, that they would stand before this church and go, I'm a Jesus follower. 